Good morning once again. It is, a, it is a privilege to be here. And once again, I'd like to take the opportunity to welcome our visitors and those who are joining us for the first time. Our scripture today talked about the experience of a man who had an encounter with Christ. And we are going to study this, this story and to see what lessons God has for us today. What words of hope, what words of encouragement we can find from Scripture this morning. Uh, so that we can live and carry through the week and carry through the days ahead with renewed hope, with renewed strength. Believing in the Lord and His promises for us. But before we open up Scripture and we start studying, uh, I'd like to ask you, to invite you to join me. As I pray, asking for God's direction for this moment again. Let's pray. It is good to be in your presence, Lord. And we want to thank you. And we want to be open now, Lord, to listen to your word, to listen to your voice. Father, I ask you that at this very moment... You may anoint my lips, you may hide me behind the cross of Christ, that I may be used as your instrument here, and only your instrument, that the words that I will say here will convey your ideas, your plan for us this morning. May I not be sharing my own ideas, Lord, but be a representative of yours. May every worshiper be blessed by your word. May your word come out alive and stir us into action. Stir us into something new and different in our lives. This is the promise of Scripture, and we claim this promise this morning, trusting in the merits of our dear Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I read of a man. I read of a man who was journeying on a winter's day, and he was journeying through drifts of snow and his limbs started to become benumbed by the cold. It was almost imperceptible, but he was starting to freeze. And he was just about to give up the struggle for life. He was nearly chilled to death. When he was about to give up, he heard the moans of a fellow traveler. He was also dying with cold. And when he heard the moans of that man, his sympathy was aroused and he was prompted to determine to do something. And he determined that he was going to go and rescue the other man. And so he did. He chafed the ice cold limbs of the unfortunate man. And after a considerable effort, he was able to raise the man to his feet. But the man could not walk. And so after more effort, he was able to put the man on his shoulders and bear him in his sympathizing arms all the way through the drifts of snow and the cold. And he realized that he was able to do that, do something that he would never be able to do by himself, to do alone. When he had carried his traveler, his fellow traveler, to a place of safety, it, it finally flashed to mind that by saving the other man, he had saved his own life. His efforts to help the other had quickened the blood that was freezing in his own veins. 
and allowed him to to revive and be able to bring a warmth to the extremities of his limbs, of his body. That lesson, the lesson that by helping others, we are saved. The lesson that by helping others, we are blessed ourselves, is one that we all should keep in mind. And this is especially true for those who are like that man, despondent, despondent. Those who are almost dying. Those who are almost given up to struggle for life. To them, Jesus invites them to come out and help others. To come out and share with others the goodness of the Lord. That by doing that, our hearts will be warmed up again. And as we warm up our hearts we'll see that a new reason for our existence is brought to us. And every time we meet then, we'll have stories to tell, we'll have testimonies to share, we'll have new things to, t- to say about how the Lord has been using us. That is no different. That's not much different from what happened in the biblical story here this morning. This is the story of a man who had been struggling for a long time, had been struggling with evil forces himself, with the very evil forces he was struggling and trying to get delivered. But the time had went by and he hadn't been able to to be delivered. Before I go on, I should just say that this story is told by three of the gospel evangelists. The story is recorded here in the book of Matthew. It is recorded in the book of Mark, from which we had our scripture reading this morning. And it's also recorded in the book of Luke. And if you go and read the three accounts, you'll see that the account of Matthew is the shorter one. And Matthew makes reference to two men. Not one, but two. And Mark makes reference to one man. Mark has the, the lengthiest account. And Luke makes reference to one man. And so I'll be making reference to one man just because I'm preaching from Mark. But I wanted to tell you that I do believe there were two of them because the Bible says in Matthew that there were two men. Now some people look at this and say, well, the Bible is not reliable then. Because one says two, the other says one. I'm not a lawyer and uh, the lawyer in the house is not here today. But uh, if there is a court session, if their witnesses are brought before the judge, and if they all tell the same story with the same exact details, with the same exact words even, that will sound like perjury. That will sound like they all came into agreement to tell the same story with the same wording even. And so the fact that they, they bring different nuances, different perspectives on the same story is actually good. And so this is what happens here in the Bible. The biblical authors are telling the same true story that happened in the ministry of Jesus. One told the story from the perspective perspective of the two men that were healed by Christ. The other two decided to focus, focus on one of them because maybe his story was more impressive than the other man. And so I'll be talking about this one man that Mark talks about. But please understand that I do believe there were two of them. Does that make sense? Are we okay with that? You don't seem to be okay with that. But I hope, I, I hope you were. I was hoping you were. But anyway, 
I'll be mentioning this one man only, even though there were two of them. But here is a story, and it's recorded in chapter 5 of the book of Mark. And I ask you to open your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible with you, there should be one in the pew. If there isn't one available in the pew, at some point our brother Scott will put the text up on the screen. And so I'll be reading from the new King James Version here, Mark chapter 5. And so follow with me as we read this account, beginning in verse 1. Once you get there, you may say, and a man, and our Lord will be there, and Lord will be there. So, Mark chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, here is the word of the Lord. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gatherings. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwellings among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For Jesus said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, <clears throat> What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine, that we may enter them. And immediately Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirit, spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down to the steep place, into the sea, and drowned into the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what, is, what, what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from the region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had great compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him. And all marveled. 
Here's the word of the Lord. So here's a man who was suffering for, for a long time with those evil spirits. He was demon-possessed. The Bible says that when Jesus crossed the sea and as soon as he stepped out of the boat, this man came to, toward him, came in his direction. The narrative says that the man fell down and worshipped Jesus. Even though he was suffering, even though he was disturbed by those evil spirits, he saw in Jesus a friend and not a foe. And so even if he was disturbed, even if his spirit was totally disturbed because of the evil spirits, he was still able to walk toward Jesus and fall down on his knees and worship him. The narrative shows us that the man begged Jesus to go with him at the end and to stay with him. But in the meantime, this man is suffering. And he's looking up to Jesus for help. The Bible says that this man ran toward Jesus. Went toward Jesus. But if you look carefully, you see something very interesting. That it appears that Jesus crossed the sea, crossed over the sea, just to heal that man. Because Jesus was on the other uh, margin of the, the lake of the Sea of Galilee. And he was there teaching and healing and helping the people. And he decided to go onto the boat and to cross over. And so he did. Along the way he calmed the tempest. He calmed the storm. Along the way he showed that he had authority over wind and over wave. And as he got to the other side, as soon as he steps out of the boat... He has this encounter with the man and he heals the man. And the Bible says that after this, after this healing, he steps into the boat again and crosses the sea over back to the, shore, to the other side from where he had come. And so you were left to think that Jesus only crossed the sea to demonstrate that he had power over wind and wave, that he had power over the elements. And he had power also over any demon. And he did that to prove his authority and to deliver that man, to give him the deliverance that he so much needed. But Jesus has this interaction with the man at the end. After having delivered him, and these are the verses that were read earlier this morning, and the man is begging Jesus to go with him. And Jesus tells him, no, you're not supposed to go with me. You should actually go back, go home to your friends. And tell them the great things that the Lord has done for you. And how he has had mercy and compassion on you. This was the way that Jesus found to keep the man close to him. By sending him out. He was to stay close to Jesus by being sent away. What does it mean then to be close to Jesus? How did Jesus provide for that man to be close to him? Jesus provided for him to be close to him by obeying his word to begin with. By obeying him, by doing what he had told the man to do. Jesus provided the man to be close to him by following his words, by following his commandments. Jesus sent him out with a message. And that's exactly what the healed man did. The healed man accepted that. He obeyed Jesus. He went back to his place. 
And he started to tell the story of Jesus and what Jesus had done in his life. And the Bible says that all marveled. <clears throat> all marveled. And I think of Jonah, for example, and I think of uh, Noah, and I think of other preachers in the Bible. Not all of them had 100% success. Some did, some did not. But this man who had just been touched by the healing hands of Jesus, this man who had just experienced deliverance from Jesus, was sent out as a missionary to the ten cities east of the Jordan, the Decapolis region, as it's called here in the Bible. Ten cities, and he goes back there and he tells to his friends and his family what Jesus had done, and the Bible says that all marveled. And by going away, by being sent away, and by telling the story of Jesus, by telling what Jesus had done in his life, by telling the deliverance he had just experienced through the power of Jesus, he was kept near to the Savior. By sharing his story, by sharing what Jesus did, he was kept ever, ever close to Jesus. You may have seen uh, this happened actually about a year ago. But somehow, you know, these things, somehow there are some things, some news that pop up again on social media and they become what they say they're trending news and people uh, look at them again. But this happened about a year ago. There was a lady whose son, who was 19 years old, passed away and his organs were donated. And another young man received the heart of this 19-year-old who passed away. And this lady was going to get married. And the, the, uh, the, the groom made arrangements with the young man who received the heart of her, her dead son to, uh, to come to the wedding uh, ceremony and to have to meet the, the mother for the first time. The mother of the 19-year-old who, who died. And uh, it was a very emotional encounter. And the pictures on media on, on the news showed that the, the young lady, she's there with this young man. The, the bride is there with this young man and she has a stethoscope. And she's trying to hear the heart, uh, which would have been the heart of her son and the body of another man. You may have seen this. And she was very emotional. She didn't have her son anymore, but the heart of her son was beating inside the body of that young man. That was as close as she could get to her son, to the heart of her son. And so, you and I are also invited, you're also welcome to, to have the heart of Jesus beating in you. To have a heart and a mind that are just like the heart and mind of Jesus. He wants to live in your heart. He wants to be as close as possible to you. He wants to give you a heart that is clean, a heart that is pure, a heart that has room for Him, where He can live in. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And still in the book of Philippians chapter 2, 5, the Bible says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So Jesus wants to have room in your heart for Him to live. Jesus wants to, to fill your minds with good thoughts. Jesus wants to have a place in your heart to live. He wants to live His life in you. 
He wants you like that man who had just been healed to go away with a story, to go out with a story. As we meet people on a daily basis, as we talk to them, we'll have a story to tell. Jesus didn't send him away just for the the purpose of getting rid of him. But Jesus sent him out with a story to tell. Jesus sent him away with a testimony to share. He sent him away with a message to preach. He sent him away with truth to tell. They would be physically apart. But still the man would be carrying the words of Jesus. He would be carrying the testimony of Jesus. And guess what? The man obeyed. He simply obeyed what Jesus told him to do. And so a question is asked here today. This question is asked for you and I. Has the Lord done anything good in your life? Has the Lord done any great things for you as he did for that man? Has the Lord had compassion on you? Has the Lord provided you with a second chance? Some of us may have been given many chances. Some of us may be in our second or third or tenth or twentieth chance. But the Lord is always merciful and compassive. Has the Lord done great things for you? Has the Lord been had, had compassion on you? If so, then the next step is to allow Him to live in your heart. And this is not about knowledge. This is not about head knowledge. This is not about acquiring knowledge. This is about whether, this is not about whether or not you can preach a sermon. This is about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'll say it again. This is about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. We may have all the knowledge in the world. We may have all the doctrine right in the world. But if we miss out on a relationship with Christ, we will be lost. Because it is Jesus who saves. It is Jesus who pardons sins. It is Jesus who transforms. It is Jesus who changes you into a new creature. It is the power of Jesus that can heal you up. It is the power of Jesus that can deliver you. It is the power of Jesus that can change the course of your life. And if you do not have this relationship with Him, you'll be missing out for eternity. I said this this past Wednesday as we we're here in, at prayer meeting or Bible study. And I'll say it again here. You may have a couple living under the same roof. And they've been living together for 10 years or for one year. And they've been living together for 5 years or 10 years or 20 years or for 60 years. If at some point they stop talking, if at some point they stop sharing even the little things of life, they will be drifting apart over time. Before they know it, they will be living with a friend at home but not with a spouse. They will be living with an acquaintance. But the deep relationship that marriage can provide for will be gone. And it's the same with Jesus. It is no different. You can't just think that by coming to church once a week or twice a week, your spiritual life is, is resolved. Your spiritual life is safe and secure. We must every day, every day set aside time 
for a personal relationship with God. We need to set aside time not only thinking about the Lord, not only thinking about what we think of Jesus, but time to read scripture. Because in here, we find the way of life. You search scripture because you consider that there you find the truth and the way of life. And it's true because the scriptures testify of Jesus Christ. And so we must do that. And I appeal to each and every one of you. If you've been doing that, praise the Lord. If you have not, you must spend time every day. Even if you take time only to fill your Sabbath school quarterly out. That's fine because that will take you to the Bible. And it will allow you to go and check the Bible texts. But we must spend time on a daily basis studying Scripture. It is about a relationship with Him. We need to develop this relationship. We need to know who He is as presented in Scripture. We need to know, we need to learn to admire His character as presented in Scripture. We need to know what He did for us. And we need to fall in love with Jesus. Because it is Jesus who will save you and I. It is Jesus who will give us eternal life. It is Jesus that can be taken with you everywhere you go if you develop a relationship with Him. But if you have not developed a relationship with Him, you go out, you have nothing to say. We'll talk about the weather, you'll talk about sports, you'll talk about the news, and you won't make any connection and w- between what you see around you and the truth that is found in Scripture. Having a relationship with Christ is about having second chances, but being able to live a life that is dignified, a life that's meaningful, a life that's healthy, a life that's joyful. It is about having the mind of Christ, a mind that's pure, a mind that is focused on the right things. It is about thirsting. It is about hungering for more and more and more of Christ. So, I want to invite you this morning. I want to invite you to maybe try for the first time a new experience with Christ. Or maybe you have experienced something different in your life in the past, but over time you no longer kept your relationship with Jesus that close and you feel like you have drifted away. Or maybe you are just coming to know Christ now. Maybe you've been searching and you've been searching and you've been searching. You've been seeking, seeking and seeking and you have finally found the truth that you must have this relationship with Christ. So I want to invite you to know Jesus and do like the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. Paul says, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And so that's my appeal to you this morning. That's my invitation for you to really get to know Jesus Christ as your personal friend. To get to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You may have heard of Him. Every Sabbath you come to church, a sermon is preached from the Bible. You may have talked about Him. You may have sung about Him. But I wonder and I ask you still again, do you have a true relationship with Jesus Christ? 
How can you develop that in practice? I said one thing, you must every day set aside time to study scripture. You must set aside time to read the word of the Lord. Many of your questions, many of your questionings, many of the issues you may face in life have an answer already in this book. Many people have sacrificed this li their life to preserve this book over the century. And so go to the Bible every day because the Lord will have a message for you there. Spend time talking with Jesus. Spend time talking to Him. Spend time praying. Spend time lifting up to, you, to Him your questionings, your challenges, the difficulties of the day. Everything you know you'll face during the day. And believe me, there will be many other things that you haven't planned for that will come your way. But give it all to Jesus. But spend time not only talking to Him, spend time listening to Him. And after you study the Bible and after you talk to Jesus, be quiet and allow the Lord to speak to you. And I tell you, He will. Maybe not with an audible voice, but He will impress your mind. He will speak to you through the Holy Spirit. These are the promises we find in the Bible. And these promises can be claimed and can be realized in your life. In the life of any believer who sincerely and fervently comes before the Lord. I want to invite you today to allow yourself to fall in love with this loving Savior. He's a loving Savior who will cross the sea just to heal you. He will cross the sea just to deliver you. And once he's done that, he will go back to other things. But he will stop and he'll cross the sea. He's a savior who has not only crossed the sea of Galilee to heal that man. He has crossed this huge gap that separated you from God. He has crossed this gap. He has crossed the bridge. He has made himself the bridge that can bring you back into a relationship with God. Jesus not only crossed the sea of Galilee, but he came all the way down from heaven. He crossed the heavens. He came to earth to die for you. And here is someone who is willing to, to cross, to do everything just to save you, just to deliver you. Here is someone who has authority over wind and wave. Jesus is someone who has authority over mountain and sea, over river and stream, over principalities and potentates, over cosmic power. He has authority over demons. He has authority over Satan himself. But he is someone who chooses to win your heart not by authority, but with love. He is someone who chooses to win your heart with love, mercy and compassion. And this Savior is appealing to you this morning. He's calling you to a renewed relationship with Him. He's calling you to come to Him and to trust that He's able to deliver you. If He was able to deliver a, that man from a legion of demons. Do you know how many soldiers there were in a, demon, in a, in a legion? In the Roman legion between 4,000 and 6,000. That's how many evil spirits that man was tormented with. If Jesus was able and powerful to deliver that man, he can deliver you, he can save you from anything. Anything that may be binding you. And so I invite you to today renew your commitment with him. I invite you today to perhaps make a commitment with the Lord for the first time in your life. I invite you to renew your commitment if you have made one 
to see, to see new glimpses of what His love is for you. And He's going to take you into a journey that's absolutely new for you. And it will be a blessed one. And while I sing this, I sing this song, I'd like to invite you. I'd like to invite you to stand. Not that one still, but another one. I'd like to invite you to stand. And after this, I'll have a prayer for you. And after the prayer, we'll sing the final, the final hymn. He's, he's the Savior I'm talking about. Some men try so hard to prove that God's not really real. While others say they know for sure His love you cannot feel. But I know His real within my soul. For one day He cleansed and made me whole. And Jesus is still the answer. For that longing deep in your soul, Jesus is still the answer. And though time and dangers roll, Jesus is still the answer, is the answer for your soul. And though some may say that he doesn't fit with their philosophy, I know Jesus is still the answer. He's always been and always will be. pretend that things of this world have brought them peace of mind but with the dawn of each new day thrills they try to find but not until they meet the Prince of Peace can they ever hope to find relief for Jesus is still the answer for a world that's seeking for peace and though time and dangers roll Jesus is still the answer is the answer for your soul and though some may say that he doesn't fit with their philosophy i know jesus is still the answer yes jesus is still the answer i know jesus is still the answer he's always been and
and always will be. Oh, Father, I ask you, Lord, that you may help us to see in Jesus the answer for all our needs, whatever they may be and however hard they may be. Jesus is still the answer. And so help us, Lord, to believe you, to trust you, and to live a renewed experience with Jesus. I ask you these blessings in the name of Jesus Christ, especially for those who stood up. Give them the blessing of seeing this request fulfilled of a life that is transformed and has new meaning with Jesus in their hearts. In Jesus Christ, amen.